Business License Commission is called to order. <clears throat> we begin to acknowledge that the land on which we gather that is currently known as the City of West Hollywood is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabriel Yeno, Tongva, and Gabriel Yeno Kiz peoples. Okay, who would, um, Jordan, would you like to lead the Pledge of Allegiance? Sure. Thank you. Okay. Um, can we please get a roll call, Secretary? Commissioner Berry? Here. Commissioner Cochran? Present. Commissioner Ng? Present. Commissioner Hang? Here. Commissioner Bullen? Present. Vice Chair Yusupov? Present. And Chair Eisenberg? Present. And we have a quorum. Okay. Are there any changes to tonight's agenda? There are no changes. Okay, do we have a motion to approve the agenda? Second. Commissioner Eastman. I move to approve the agenda. Okay, motion seconded. By I'm sorry, who was the first motion by? Yusuporov. Commissioner yeah. Yusuporov, and then Yusuporov? Commissioner Vula. Okay. Commissioner Berry? Uh, aye. Approved. Commissioner Cochran? Aye. Commissioner Ng? Aye. Commissioner Hang? Aye. Commissioner Vulin? Aye. Vice Chair Yusupov? Aye. And Chair Eisenberg? Aye. And the item is approved. Thank you. Okay, are there any changes to the minutes of January 9th? Yes, um, there's a change to item 7B. Um, there was a comment made by Commissioner Berry. Um, we wanna include the language um, that he expressed concerns about setting a precedent. Setting the precedent for what? Approving um, the item. Okay. Okay, um, do we have a motion to approve with the amendment? Motion to approve with amendment. Commissioner Barry seconds. Was seconded by Barry? Yes. Okay. And a Commissioner Barry? Aye. Commissioner Cockrum? Aye. Commissioner Ng? Yes. Commissioner Hang? Aye. Commissioner Volin? Aye. Vice Chair Yusupov? Aye. And Chair Eisenberg? Aye. And I want to remind our commissioners to turn on our mic so we can hear you guys. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I'd like to inform the community that there has been an increase in attacks at many cities around the state, whereby public commenters have been called into public, uh, have been calling into public comment lines at city council meetings and forcing communities to hear vile and hateful racist and anti-Semitic public comment messages. I anticipate such comments may come through tonight based on the number of cities that have experienced these attacks. I want to tell the public and staff that while we may sometimes seem divided on some political issues, West Hollywood is united against hate. Staff has provided us signs that my colleagues, uh, staff and the public may use to express that we are united against hate. If you hear a comment that is hateful, you may hold up your sign or you may leave the room or turn down your volume at home. You are not required to endure speech that offends decency and our core values. Please let the signs show that we are united against hate and this type of speech does not reflect our values. While these disruptors may be taking advantage of the opportunity to speak to our community because we currently provide for telephonic comments, they will not break our spirit. We are united together against hate. <clears throat> 
if you do not register to speak via zoom with city staff you will not be admitted into zoom to speak the cut off time is two p m the day of the commission meeting as indicated on the post posted agenda do we have any speakers at this time secretary there are no speakers okay so we will move on uh, to the public hearing and we have no, no public hearing this evening so now we will move on to item eight unfinished business an update regarding the extended hour business license for heart we weho is there a staff report hi good evening yes there is jessica benitez city of west hollywood and joining me is vito alamides the uh, neighborhood and business safety manager and also sergeant dudon from the west hollywood sheriff's department and i'll go ahead and provide the staff report uh, back in June of 2023, Hardwee Hill was approved to operate until 4 a.m. on Saturday and Sundays. Such approval had a condition for staff to return with a six-month update regarding the cost for service. Our team checked the code enforcement records, which indicate zero complaints have been received for the subject business. Also, code enforcement staff have conducted random business license inspections and verified the Hardwee Hill is adhering to the approved permit conditions. As part of this process, we contacted the West Hollywood Sheriff's Department to provide a breakdown, a breakdown of cost for service between the hours of 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. The report reflects a total of 21 calls for service in the last six-month period. On page 15 of the agenda packet, or page two of the staff report, you will find a table with different date ranges. This particular table provides information regarding the type and number of calls for service for the last six months, as well as historical data since 2022. The first column reflects 12 calls for service from January 2022 to mid-November of 2022. These are calls between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. It should be noted that Hardwee was not operating past 2 a.m. during this period, um, although the calls received by the West Hollywood Sheriff's Department reflected WeHo's business address. The second column reflects nine calls for service when Hard WeHo temporarily began its extended hour operations through a special event permit from mid-November 2022 to May 2023. And lastly, the third column shows 21 for service from June 8th, 2023 through January 8th of 2024 which indicates the highest number of calls for service for, were for pickpocket thefts followed by assault battery. The West Hollywood Sheriff's Department deported no significant concerns with Hardwee Hill's calls for service. Additionally, we contacted block by block and there were no calls for service for the subject location. In summary, the business is adhering to the approved conditions and code enforcement staff will continue to conduct compliance inspection to all these night establishments. So with that, we conclude our staff report and also want to point out that the applicant is present as well. Yeah, I, I'm just kind of curious, what, what do we de define as the disturbance? I'll defer it to our Sergeant Dodon. I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? What do we define as the disturbance? Um, so, so a disturbance can, can vary from a lot of different things. A disturbance can be uh, somebody was unhappy with the business 
in some type of way that they didn't, weren't treated justly. It could be something to do with an unpaid bill. It could be something to do with a, a transient or homeless person harassing customers. There's a lot of different things that fall under disturbance. And just to follow up to that, and how would that differ from the miscellaneous calls? Um, miscellaneous might have something to do with like traffic related or um, maybe like a um, burglary alarm call, something like that. A disturbance would be something more uh, in person, something happening um, currently, and a miscellaneous is probably something not. Thank you. Anyone else? Commissioner Hang? Thank you, Chair. I, I don't have any com uh, questions, just more of a comment. I just wanted to uh, thank uh, Mr. Nichols for coming, and I wanted to commend Hart for uh, being a successful organization. And I wanted to commend Hart for their holiday event that was focused on LGBTQ asylum seekers and undocumented individuals uh, in, uh, at their uh, location. The event was co-sponsored by the LA Blade, uh, Supervisor Hilda Solis's office, um, Equality California and the Honor Pack. So thank you so much for your work with the community. I have a question. Um, Secretary, I didn't understand the second highest category after pickpocketing. What was it that you said? Assault battery, which in parenthesis is fights. Assault and battery? Correct. Okay. And how many incidences of those were there? It's seven. Seven. And were the, was the sheriff called in all of those incidents? That, that is the cause for service to the, our sheriff's department. Okay. Do you want to speak to that, the assault and battery issues? Yeah, so the, the data that's provided was provided from the sheriff's department. So the, those numbers reflect the calls for service that were received by us, the sheriff's department, and we responded out to that location. Uh, so the, the second highest uh, was assault and battery or fights. Um, whether it was a felony assault or a misdemeanor battery or just a mutual combat type fight, um, they're all included within that seven number. Was anyone arrested for any of those incidents? I didn't, I didn't necessarily pull data for those calls. Um, when it comes to arrests, um, there may have been, but I, didn't, I don't have that data with me. Okay, but you don't, off the top of your head, think anything was so serious? Um, is this fights between patrons, is Off, that it? Offhand, I, I look at a lot of different calls and a lot of different data, and honestly, I, I couldn't tell you right now out of those seven, nothing rings a bell for me personally that, that I can remember um, being significant on those. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, okay, Commissioner Bullen. Um, yeah, so I'm, I remember this hearing very well, and one of our concerns was, extending till 4 a.m., would that cause issues with the neighborhood, with noise and with people hanging out in people's driveways and so on? Um, but just to clarify, there were no calls in the last six months from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. for co-compliance for issues like that. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Wow, great. Okay, Commissioner Hang. Thank you, Chair Eisenberg. Um, I just had a question. If a fight happens outside of the establishment, like say outside of its front doors, but not inside, and the sheriff's deputies are called and a report is taken, it doesn't mean that the fight happened inside the location. The address of the location would just be used in the report. Yeah, yes, that's correct. So when, when the city asks for this data, uh, what I do is, is I pull that address in particular, and I screen every single call for that time range. 
Um, so if I see a call that says in the street in front of that address, for example, I, I screen it out and I take it out. I look for things that are directly involved with that business and correlate with that address. So for the most part, if the business address is used in the report, it doesn't always mean that it's related to the business? Not always, no. Thank you. Okay, Commissioner Yusuparov. Yeah, I, I, I want to thank staff for the report, and I just want to, um, I, I don't know if uh, at this point to, uh, does the representative of the business has anything to add to the report? Uh, and if, if so, can we hear that out? It's nice to see you again. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. Um, no, I don't have much to add except to thank you all for giving us the opportunity to do this. Um, I think the other thing to mention uh, is obviously we are a very busy corner, um, and in those two previous periods, they didn't include uh, Halloween or Pride. So especially during those two weekends, if something happens on the street or there's a fight or there's some sort of argument, people will often call and say, we're at Heart WeHo, we're outside Heart WeHo. Um, I spoke to my security team. We haven't had you know, any fights or brawls or anything like that break out within the club. Uh, the only time sometimes we see scuffles is, uh, again, the ongoing problem, which we're addressing on a weekly basis and in regular contact with uh, the Public Safety Commission is, is cell phone theft in West Hollywood. Um, oftentimes people will find somebody trying to pickpocket them or rushing against them and then they'll try and tackle them and security uh, intervenes uh, and, of course, removes them from the club uh, so we can deal with it and assess calling the Sheriff's Department. Commissioner Hang. Uh, Mr. Nichols, I'd like to ask if the after hours has made a difference in your patronage. In which, sorry? Has it made a difference? Sorry, has it made a difference in your patronage? In our patronage? No, it's pretty much the same. Um, it's, again, it's mostly people that are there that are waiting out the Ubers or kind of staying. Um, and then sometimes we will get people that will come from the bars in the area. We're, the, the thing to understand is we're not open long enough for us to be like an after hours club. It's more of an extension of hours. Um, so it's not like people are showing up from everywhere else at 2.30 in the morning to, to be with us for an hour. It's more people in the neighborhood that are waiting to get an Uber home or a lot of the issues we discussed um, when I was here previously. Okay. I, I have a question about the pickpocketing. Do you have any signs or anything to alert your we patrons have. to be alert to Everything. that? Signs, drag queens on the microphones, uh, LED wall. We actually were looking at buying a couple thousand fanny packs that we can hand to people at the door that they can strap on to encourage them to put their cell phones in that. Um, I have a drag queen at the door that tells people to take their phone out of their back pocket and put it in their front pocket. I mean, it really is a huge issue. It's a citywide issue. Um, you know, Sheriff can attest to that. No, um, the other issue, I think, is a much deeper issue than we all realize. Sometimes when you detain these people, they almost look like people that were almost forced into it. They don't look like career criminals or it's just a very complex issue, I think. That's You've actually caught people who were pickpocketing? We, we catch them all the time, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of. The other thing I wanted to note that came up uh, at the last time was about the water and food. We've kind of gone one step further, um, and we now pub display the food. It looks a little bit like a 7-Eleven, but just seeing the pizza there kind of encourages people to eat. Uh, so instead of just having them order it from the kitchen, we actually have a display case out with the pizza. Uh, also, as well as the water, in addition to giving it free to people, we actually display the water as well. So if somebody's for whatever reason, doesn't want, doesn't want to ask for water, they can self-serve. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Thank you, Mr. Thank Michael. you all so much. Okay. 
So we'll close this item. Um, an update on the cannabis, uh, item B, 8B. Is there a staff report on the uh, cannabis establishments? Um, yes, hi, good evening. Jessica Benitez, City of West Hollywood, also with Mr. Um, Adamitis, our Neighborhood and Business Safety Manager. Um, so I would like to provide an update regarding the active uh, business establishments. Currently we have 10 um, cannabis businesses operating in the city of West Hollywood. So today's report covers from September 27, 2023 to January 26, 2024. Um, this is just a summary because in the staff report, it pretty much talks about what we've done since back, since 2022, since the commission um, requested that we provide quarterly updates. So one of the things is you can see on page 23 of the business license packet, the table reflects a total number of complaints. Um, and the disposition, so I'll give you some minutes if you want to flip through your table, if you want to see the data. Um, so to date, from that period, there has been four complaints received during this period regarding three different cannabis operators. The complaints concerned at uh, this particular uh, time frame uh, were regarding property maintenance and noise issues, some of them which have been abated and some of them which um, are either being addressed. So one of the items that I wanted to mention to the commission is that our team will continue to respond to any complaints regarding cannabis operations. Also, I uh, just want to highlight that None of the complaints were regarding odor control, age verification, or with any cannabis operating requirements. So with that, I conclude my brief update regarding cannabis establishments. Thank you, Jessica. Does anyone have any questions? Um, Commissioner Conklin. Um, thank you. Um, I'm wondering if you guys can just kind of tell us sort of what the next, in whatever words you want, what the next steps are for whatever business is gonna take over for MedMen. Now, I mean, have, do they have to officially tell you, like, we're out of business now, and now the city can move on to the next applicant, or how does, how does that work? What are the next steps there? So at this point, right, uh, we just receive a notification, so we need to wait for the period to go, and then after that, then we, the city, will notify if they forfeit the license or they um, lose the license, then we'll notify the next applicant and they would have to go through the process. Is there like a time frame on uh, how much longer after they shut their doors permanently that they have to make a decision about that permit? I don't have that information readily available for us, but I can provide more information at our next meeting. Okay, I'm kind of just generally curious. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Did you have a question? Commissioner Ang? Actually, I, mean, I think it's as much a comment as it is a question. They didn't actually go out of business. They just shuttered two locations. So I would imagine it could be possible that they would come back. Or is it possible? I don't know. I do not know. That's kind of what I was wondering. Okay. Commissioner Hang. Thank you, Chair Eisenberg. Um, I just, for my own clarification, I, I, my memory is kind of bad. Uh, I don't see off the charts, but I guess that's Aeon on the chart on the graph? On the table? Yeah. Yes, that is, okay, yes. Okay, got it, thank you. Okay, actually, and I'd like to ask, why are we identifying it as, a, as Aon? That actually was my other question, and not just identifying it as OTC. Because the license is under Aon West Hollywood, a DBA off the charts. Okay, anyone else? Okay, I think we can conclude that item on the agenda. Thank okay. you, Secretary. Okay, item nine, new business. I believe we have none. 
Okay, items from staff. Neighborhood and Business Safety Manager. Good Vito. evening. Good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, members of the Business License Commission. Just a few updates from staff tonight for you. The first one is a quick update on Dobrik's, the pizza place at 8363 Sunset Boulevard. We checked the calls for service from July 11th through January 12th of this year. Uh, for the Sheriff's Department, there were approximately five calls for service from two in the morning until three in the morning. And those five calls were for false alarms, no crime uh, call for service involved. So these were for false alarms. Um, in addition, we checked our code enforcement records and we found no code enforcement complaints for this establishment as well. So that is kind of the, the quick update on Dobrik's. We will continue to monitor that subject property and report back. Um, I think we were, Jessica, going to provide uh, periodic updates on this one just through this process from staff. Um, the resolution was only to provide an informational uh, update after the six months. Every and six after months, that, correct. There would not be yeah. no further. Do you think we need another one after three months? Three months from now. Um, I would I would adhere to the six months since we had such low call volume. Um, so we'll come back within six months, probably in July, um, or right about. <laughs> We're already in February, so figure uh, July August we'll provide an update for you at that time, um, and we will continue to monitor during that time as well. Thank you, Vito. Uh, the second item just to share with the Business License Commission tonight, I believe you're all aware, but um, the city clerk's office will be conducting a mandatory training on the California Public Records Act, social media, and the city's media policy on February 29th at 6 p.m. here in the council chambers. So look forward to seeing all of you here, and we will um, be participating in that training. Also, I wanted to... Um, share that Gracie Ayo, our deputy city attorney who has been the uh, assigned attorney to us here and in support of the Business License Commission, um, has uh, started a new chapter in her career and we want to wish her well. And um, we will be providing you an update on our next uh, deputy city attorney that will be assigned to us. As you know, the city attorney is Lauren Langer. So we continue to rely on uh, Lauren for lots of support already, particularly on cannabis items. So as soon as I have uh, an update on that, I will share that with you. But we wanted to give a big shout out tonight to Grace and wish her very well in her next chapter um, in her career. And the last item, uh, mark your calendars. March 5th will be our next Business License Commission meeting. Um, same place, same channel, and same time. So I look forward to seeing you then. And that concludes my updates from staff tonight. Thank you, Vito. Okay. Do we have anyone here for public comment? There are no public comments. Okay. Um, any items from commissioners? Should we start? Anyone? Commissioner Ann? Yes. Um, last night, or I guess at the prior city council meeting, there was uh, an item about the extensions 
and about uh, tax rebate and uh, and support of Emerald Village. So I'm wondering if staff can tell us how that might affect our work upcoming, um, because I know that one of the last uh, hearings that we had was uh, in regard to extension. So I'm curious how that would affect our work. And good evening, uh, Commissioner Ang and uh, Chair, Vice Chair and Business License Commissioners. Danny Rivas, Director of Community Safety here. Um, so uh, in regards to, to that item, uh, what was on the council agenda yesterday uh, was actually the second reading um, of a proposed ordinance. And so it, it did place a pause on all uh, cannabis applicants uh, that are uh, attempting to become operational um, in the city. Um, while the city uh, continues to discuss uh, with all cannabis uh, stakeholders, those that are currently in operation, and again, that same group that I mentioned um, that are currently trying to open up um, in terms of trying to flush out, uh, making some potential um, enhancements to the cannabis ordinance that would support our, our cannabis businesses. And so um, also a part of that ordinance, as Commissioner Ang, as you alluded to, is that uh, there was a tax rebate um, that was provided to businesses that are currently in operation right now. Um, so those that are currently open, um, they were provided a temporary tax rebate of 1% um, for the first six months of this calendar year. Um, and then in addition to that, there were other um, uh, amendments made as it relates to the waitlist provisions. Um, that was something that had been uh, requested uh, by cannabis stakeholders to shorten the length of time when somebody is eligible to take advantage of a license. Currently, um, as it stands, um, that's an 18-month period. Um, and now what uh, was adopted uh, yesterday will shorten that to 60 days. Um, so a lot less of a time frame in terms of when folks have to actually submit a letter of intent, which could simply be an email to the city staff saying that they are uh, wishing to proceed uh, right with um, pursuing the license and then instead of kind of having that 18 months they would have to um, go before you all here at the Business License Commission within a year um, of that uh, notification um, and so um, we also provided some uh, uh, protection um, and assurance for uh, businesses uh, cannabis businesses as it relates to not making any sort of additional amendments to any of the cannabis license categories during this pause period. Um, and then in addition to that, making sure that there were not any sort of variance requests, a transfer of licenses or transfer of ownership um, that would come before the Business License Commission as well during this pause period. So that prevents um, any such action from occurring during this period of time. And then lastly, as a part of the item, um, there was uh, the approval for the city manager, a designee to um, negotiate a contract with Emerald Village to um, increase and enhance marketing for our local cannabis businesses. And that's an approach that we've taken before um, and recently with, uh, with other districts um, like our hotel, um, visit uh, West Hollywood industry, as well as uh, some of our other bids. Um, and so that was all of uh, what was packaged together um, and was uh, presented to the council on January 22nd for first reading. 
it just went second reading um, yesterday, and now you have 30 days um, until that goes into effect. I've got two other questions, if I might. Um, I noticed um, that it says the following rules applies to all licensed categories other than consumption lounges, and I'm wondering why that was excluded. Say that again, under? It says, the ordinance says, the following rule applies to all licensed categories other than consumption area licenses. So I'm curious why they were excluded. Yeah, I would have to, to, to take a look at it. You said that you're reading off of what was in the ordinance um, that was in there, um, and, and that speaks to all of the rules? It says section five, subsection A1 of section 5.70.035 of chapter 5.70 of title five of the West Hollywood Municipal Code is amended to read as follows. Number one, waitlist rule. The following rule applies to all license categories other than consumption area licenses. Perfect, thank you. Uh, now I recall, just based off of what you, uh, you, you mentioned there. Yeah, um, because, um, so uh, the waitlist provision only extends to other license categories with the exception of consumption. So if, um, and I know that question had, had come up, I think at the last meeting, um, and we kind of clarified that. I think I, I responded in one way, and then we had clarification that, uh, like the consumption edibles license, if that, um, were to um, open up or, or be forfeited, um, would that now be placed on the wait list, uh, uh, eligibility list, and, and it wouldn't. Um, so that was one of the things. So that's why it's excluded. So consumption would not um, be included as a part of the wait list provision. So it only extends to other categories outside of that. My final question would be, what happens July 1st, 2025, when the wait list expires? Will there be a new application process, or, yeah, what happens then? Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. That's part of the reason why we're um, pausing right now, is to continue those discussions. Um, and I want to say that the July 1st uh, timeframe was a tentative uh, timeline that uh, city staff proposed. If we happen to get through um, negotiations and consensus earlier than that, um, and that will speed up the process in terms of when we bring forth an additional ordinance uh, before the city council for consideration, um, then that date could potentially uh, change or not, but that was uh, kind of the tentative timeline that we provided. But we don't know yet at this point. Commissioner Bullen. Thank you, Chair Eisenberg. Um, I guess I have a concern or question maybe for you, Danny, or I'm not sure. Um, we do a really good job with following up with businesses after we re put requirements on them to have a certain amount of security guards and whatever the other requirements are that, that we ask of the businesses when, they, um, when we approve them. One of them, one of the requirements when a business transfers ownership is to maintain the spirit of the original license. And I don't know if we're doing a good job with that. One business that comes to mind is Aon slash OTC. It was supposed to be a wellness type of business. Now, honest, to me, it looks like a CVS. Uh, it's just, it's, it's not the same, right? It's not in the same spirit. So what can we do or is there anything to do to try to encourage to keep that same spirit of the original permit that was approved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's definitely something that um, 
our team, neighborhood and business safety, can revisit, do an inspection, uh, meet with the owners that are there and the managers to gain uh, a better sense if, if uh, of course, if they're not, um, you know, following through with what uh, the concept, right, and the approval, as you mentioned. I know that staff um, does do an inspection before signing off on the business license. Um, and then, of course, you know, we won't um, revisit that business unless we receive complaints um, during that time frame. But typically speaking, you'll have uh, code enforcement staff that will visit that business at least once a year um, as a part of the renewal process and then in between that, right, if you get any calls. But um, based off of what you're describing, um, staff can certainly go out there um, do an inspection and then meet with the ownership and make sure that we're reiterating to them and providing them with the language that uh, was approved in the uh, resolution that helps. Thank you. Sure. Okay, Commissioner Hang. Thank you, Chair Eisenberg. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I was under the impression that um, Aon DBA OTC had submitted plans to the city that was in the process of being approved, that they were going to implement a health aspect to their business and that it's just still pending uh, staff approval or in that process. Uh, is, is that correct or? I'm going to look to Jessica. I'm uh, unaware of that, but uh, maybe Jessica is. Yeah, I, I know that the business owner was working with the planning division to re redesign some of the elements. Um, I need to check um, tomorrow to see where they're at with those uh, plans regarding that uh, they wanted to do like a TI. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one question, it's not really related, but um, in line with the city's uh, kind of recent diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative, as well as findings from the social justice uh, task forces report in terms of uh, trying to attract minority-owned businesses to the city, are there any initiatives from the city to attract possibly minority-owned cannabis owners, investors, you know, just to uh, fall in line with the initiative of the city's uh, DEI um, initiative. Yeah, and I know that um, the social justice and kind of the initiatives that you're referring to, Commissioner Hank, right, they came after kind of the, the whole process, right, with the cannabis, but um, I could certainly see um, there being a nexus, obviously, between that, and so we can certainly have a conversation with our city attorney's office to see if that's something that's feasible and work with our economic uh, department, economic development department as well, to see if, um, if that's something that we can push out and market um, as a part of that. That would be great, because now that there's a pause and that waiting list is probably not useful anymore, because I'm assuming a lot of those people on the list probably don't have the funding, or they, they can't afford to, or they don't have the investors anymore, um, it would be a good idea to maybe try to bring forward that initiative uh, to the city. Thank you. Yeah, and you know what, just to, to add to that, because you just raised um, a good question that I think is important for the full commission to hear, is so, um, the um, applicants uh, that are all part of the PAWS, um, uh, the are all uh, consumption edibles uh, license uh, holders. Um, and so when you're looking at the license, well, the bulk of them are. Um, and so if uh, per se, uh, whatever ends up occurring future and nobody knows that at this point, um, but whatever's decided, um, 
if those uh, license uh, applicants are unable to become operational, and let's say that that license now becomes null and void, and um, that edibles license will not be allowed to be placed on the wait list. So it will essentially go away. Um, so there won't be any ability for a new business owner to come into the city um, to be able to take advantage of that. Um, so I just wanted to stress that and emphasize that. So anybody that right now currently is not open, um, if they're unable to open based off of whatever's decided in the future um, by the city council as it relates to the cannabis ordinance, just know as it stands right now and as written um, in our current cannabis ordinance, um, if those licenses go away, then they go away forever unless the city council decides to reopen the uh, process and go through that merits merit based process that was done in uh, 2018. Uh, one final question. Um, in terms of those that are still pending, say um, those that are paused right now, for example, is there a system that your office uses to determine uh, how far along the process each entity is? like milestone one, must produce lease agreement to the city within six months. Milestone two, uh, must uh, prove enough money in the bank to be able to sustain business. Milestone three. So uh, if you can explain to the commission what those milestones are so that way we can have a kind of a better idea because I think for me personally, that's where I was struggling with artistry. They had all this time and they, you know, they came at the last minute to try to pull a Hail Mary. Um, and try, try to pull the wool over our eyes when they could have just said it from the beginning, the, the deal didn't go through. We're going to try to see if we can finagle the commission to approve this little 400 square feet deal. Didn't work. Um, so I, I was just under the impression that these entities are expected to produce in terms of what milestone they were at in the process. So that way your office is kind of aware and not blindsided. Um, thank you. Sure, absolutely. So right now, currently, the process, um, and as it relates to lease uh, agreements, so anytime a business comes before you all for approval, um, when they initially secured their approval right from the Business License Commission, they had to produce uh, a lease um, and confirm that lease. Um, so subsequent to that approval, of course, there have been some challenges with certain businesses. Um, uh, for a variety of reasons um, that we won't get into, but um, you know, but they all—that is uh, one of the requirements as a part of the approval process uh, for staff to vet right before bringing the item before the business license commission. Um, and then, in terms of like any additional milestones, um, then currently, as it uh, as we speak, is we have what's called a significant and diligent progress. Um, and that isn't defined in the cannabis ordinance, and that is an item that staff is going to be working with the cannabis stakeholders on in terms of adding language to the cannabis ordinance when we return to clearly define that. Um, but currently, our interpretation and our standard practice has been is that we look at, okay, has this business applicant submitted plans to our planning division? Um, have they received approval from the planning division? Um, and if so, then have they now submitted to building and safety for their uh, building permits or for their tenant improvements, right? And so there's a lot of back and forth that goes on with each of those plan checks. 
uh, whether it's planning or building and safety. And so we're looking at, right, the time frame, the gap in between when they submitted and let's say when city staff reviewed their plans and then now provided their plans back and said, hey, you have, and I'm just using a hypothetical number, you have 10 corrections that you need to make on your plans, right? These are the areas here. Now the ball's back on their court for them to resubmit. And so what staff does is they're looking at that time frame, kind of seeing if they are continuing in terms of submitting. And every project, every situation is different um, in terms of the level and scope of work that they're proposing to do in a space. And so all of that is considered um, when we're reviewing kind of significant and diligent progress. And if a business requests an extension uh, from staff, which would allow them an additional six months beyond uh, the time frame due date that uh, they had since coming to the Business License Commission. And so that's the process right now that's set. And what we've heard and what we've been requested is to clearly define that and set, to your point, Commissioner Hank, kind of milestones, right, um, that would uh, allow staff um, to really kind of take a look at, at these uh, requests and then uh, consider them for extensions uh, and approval. Commissioner Hank. Yes, thank you. Um, Director Rivas, actually, one of the other things I've been that I've heard is that there is not enough staff to deal with some of the ongoing requests that, that I, what I've heard is that a business will hit these milestones or come to a point of needing, I guess, approval or advisement from staff and that there hasn't been enough staff to coordinate with them. So is that being addressed? Um, I haven't heard of um, like the staffing um, issue, but um, we of course have heard from businesses in terms of saying they've submitted um, and are going through the process. Um, and so yes, to answer your question in short, that is something that has been communicated uh, to the different departments um, that are involved as a part of the plan check process. Okay, anyone else? Um, I have a question. Did I read correctly that part of the pause is they were going to decide whether or not they would issue more licenses? So, yeah, that was not um, true at all. Um, and I've heard that as well. And so there's no consideration to add any whatsoever additional licenses in terms of what was already approved by the city council um, and as a part of the settlement agreement in 2020. And so the pause simply pauses everything as is and really just freezes in time. Um, those businesses that are attempting to become operational um, but uh, the pause um, is not uh, intended or is never intended to add additional licenses on top of the licenses that are already been approved by city council several years before. What about like for example at our last commissions we had to give up one of the applicants had to give up his license is that gone for good it's not going to go back into circulation? Correct. Um, and I know there was a question as well from one of the commissioners about uh, MedMen. I think Commissioner Ang may have mentioned that. Um, that's a legacy um, cannabis business license, and so that is not eligible to be placed on the wait list. Um, right now, what we've received notification on is that that's a temporary closure. 
we of course can't speculate as to whether or not that's going to be permanent or not. Staff is definitely going to be monitoring um, that business um, in terms of the duration of time. But if we receive notification, let's say from MedMen, and they say, well, we're permanently closing our doors, um, then that license as well, um, uh, Chair, will also go away. Um, and permanently. so I, permanently. Um, and unless, of course, right, there's always the potential that if the city council wants to decide in the future that they want to reopen um, the process, the merit-based process, like they did several years ago, then that's certainly something that they can do. But right now, as it stands and what's written in the code, um, that's not uh, an ability or a capability for us to do. Could men, men transfer some of the ownership of the thing and keep their license active that way, like many um, of the companies I, have been doing? Right. Well, during the pause, no, because we wouldn't allow anything right now during this period for any transfer of ownership to occur. Um, and I'm not sure, Jessica, if you know whether or not they've gone through a variance request before for a transfer of ownership. Uh, Amendment's never gone through a variance request. Uh, legacy owners can transfer up to right now. I, I forget if it's between 70 or 50 or 70 percent of their um, business. So we would have to look at the code. So it sounds like there is an option for them to potentially do that. But the problem is, is right now, which has been adopted, is that we would not be processing any sort of variance request during the pause period. So if that is something that they um, wish to consider doing um, once the pause has concluded. Um, but again, right now, something that we're working through with the city attorney's office, because they are a legacy license holder, is uh, the timing of you know how long I think the question was asked was how long uh, do they need to be closed before there's some sort of action that may be taken and that's something that we're reviewing right now with our city attorney's office but chair you brought up a good point and I'm glad you mentioned that because there uh, was a little bit of misinformation in terms of there being communication to the community stating that the pause was intended to add additional licenses which again I just want to reemphasize was completely incorrect and inaccurate Thank you. You're welcome. Remind us again how long the pause will be for. Um, so it, the, the tentative timeline is for uh, the pause to be um, up until July 1st. Um, but of course, that could be a little earlier, depending on the discussions that uh, staff has with the cannabis stakeholders. OK, thank you. You got it. OK, if that's it, no one other thing, then I think, thank you. Thank you, sure. Danny. Thank you, Vito. And thank you, Jessica then I think we are ready to adjourn. Does anyone have any adjournment motions? Anybody? Okay, then I think we will conclude the meeting tonight until um, the next meeting, which will be on Tuesday, March 5th, 2024 at 6 p.m. here at the West Hollywood Public Meeting Room, Council Chambers, 625 North San Vicente Boulevard, West Hollywood. Thank you. Oh.